Hello, and welcome to You Might Also Like, a podcast where you'll receive the movie suggestions you didn't know you needed. Wow, even with three months gone, that intro just flew right off my tongue. Like, it was like I was never even gone. You guys, I've missed you all so much. I have been so busy the last three months. I have been going back to school and working full-time at the same time and really just getting my priorities straight. I was like, you know what? Even with school and working... I have to watch my movies and I have to talk to the void, my people about this every week. I mean, I don't care if it means that I fail my classes. I've got to talk to you guys about cinematic cats. No, I won't actually fail my classes, guys, because school is important. Everybody stay in school. I'm still getting my degree. I just had to come back and talk about movies with you guys every week. I couldn't I was missing it so much, and I'm so happy to be back. Tell me why the only thing in my head right now is Eminem. Guess who's back? Guess who's back? But I am back, you guys, and this week, I am just going to dive right into the meat and potatoes of the thing. I'm talking about two movies involving cinematic cats, and I'm not talking about cats. I refuse to watch that movie. I've always been so curious because everybody says it's so horrible that, like, you have to watch it, but I don't want to watch something with James Corden. The only thing that I've forced myself to watch with James Corden is the movie The Prom, and that was really only for Meryl Streep and Nicole Kidman. That's the only reason that I watched that movie. For him, for them, but not for him. But I won't watch Cats. But what I will watch is two movies that also have cats. One is an incredible Disney movie with a cat named Sassy who goes on an adventure with her two dog brothers to find her home again. And if you like that movie, then you just might also like this Stephen King classic with dead zombie cat Church, who is buried in a pet cemetery and comes back to life. That's right, you guys. I am talking about Homeward Bound, The Incredible Journey, and Pet Cemetery. Let's start with the, on a lighter note, with Homeward Bound, The Incredible Journey. Homeward Bound is rated a 6.9 on IMDb. It is an 87% on Rotten Tomatoes, certified fresh. It was from 1993. It is a remake of the original Homeward Bound, which came out, oh gosh, in 1963. Who doesn't love a classic movie with animals, with humans' voices? And the lovely part is they don't try to make the animals' mouths match up with the words. Like, it's just like a video of a dog just like, panting and doing normal dog stuff, but then Michael J. Fox's voice. I mean, we love that. It's cinema has just proved how much humans voicing animals has just, real life animals, not animated ones, has just always gone so well. I mean, look at uh, when we had Kevin Costner voicing a golden retriever in that, in The Art of Racing in the Rain, or Bryce Dallas Howard voicing a little puppy named Bella in A Dog's Way Home. All three of these movies are movies I saw that. This movie, directed by the same guy who directed Halloween Town, Dwayne Dunham, automatically it's got a yes for me in my book. Halloween Town and Homeward Bound, The Incredible Journey, both great movies from my childhood. So in this movie, we've got, like I said, loyal, older, golden retriever dog named Shadow, who is voiced by Don Amish, an actor who sadly passed away like right after he voiced this dog in this movie. And then we've got the young, playful puppy, who is an American bulldog, who is voiced by Michael J. Fox. And then we've got Sassy, the 
a beautiful cat who is voiced by Sally Field. The family that they belong to has three kids, and this family is going to San Francisco, and they're leaving their um, small-town life that they used to live. And when they first go to San Francisco, they drop their animals off at a farm in the Sierra Nevada mountains with Gene Smart. So, of course, all the animals are kind of like, what's going on? Like, why are they leaving us here? It's really cute because they all are so paranoid when their humans are gone. And it makes me so sad because I'm like, is this how my poor dog feels every time I leave the house just for work or just to, like, run to the grocery store for an hour or something? Like, does he, is he this paranoid one, thinking that I left him forever? Especially because one of the dogs, uh, Chance, who is the American Bulldog, he was a shelter dog, so he's always talking about how he doesn't want to go back to that place because that place is so horrible. And I'm like, oh gosh, is that what Winston thinks? Is that he, I'm getting emotional thinking about what my dog thinks when I leave him as he's laying in the closet with me. Also, I just thought about the irony. Side note, happy Pride Month, guys. It's ironic that I am back in the closet on Pride Month to come and record this podcast again for you guys. The only time I will come back in the closet ever is for you guys to talk about Stephen King movies and why you might like dead cats just as much as you might like Disney cats. But yes, yeah, so they're at Gene Smart's farm and they're all like, okay, are they coming back? Where the heck is our family? I mean, they abandoned us. All of them kind of have their person that they attach to, which is kind of a thing that We've always known dogs and cats to do. They pick their person within their family. Oh, gosh. I mean, if my fiancé were to say, probably that he's my dog's favorite. I think my dog is 50-50. I think he loves us both equally. But these dogs, out of the three kids, these, these two dogs and the cat, all pick one of the kids, of course. So while they're all stuck at Gene Smart's farm, they're all like, where's Peter Shadow and his old-timey vo- man voices? Peter. Where's Peter? Peter. And Sassy is, like, wondering where her, the little girl is that she loves, and then Chance loves the, like, little boy of the family. So they've all chosen their people, and they're all wondering where they're gonna come back, so they all decide that they're gonna run through the mountains and find home and get back to their family. And I'm sorry, too, but Shadow, we're meant to believe, is an old-ass dog. He's at least 10 years old. He's got the voice of an 80-something-year-old man. And he's out there climbing these mountains. My dog doesn't even go up the stairs half the time. All of the time, especially in the summer. And my dog is three years old. Shadow is climbing the Sierra Nevadas. I can't even climb the Sierra Nevadas, probably. And this cat is doing it, too. You have no excuse to go out there and go for a hike or go for a walk if a 12-year-old golden retriever is climbing the Sierra Nevadas. And it's funny, because going back and reading the trivia from this movie... It sounds like it's written by some nerve... I mean, I know IMDb trivia is easy for... Fun fact, on IMDb trivia, anybody can add to it. And it gets approved by admins on the work for IMDb, I'm assuming. But if I had some insider info or trivia uh, that I knew about Homeward Bound, The Incredible Journey, I could add to this trivia. But I feel like all this trivia was written by some nervous intern who is scared of PETA suing him if he because anytime you have a movie with animal actors I think that there's always the fear that people are going to be skeptical they're going to be like what were the conditions like for the dogs and cats that were acting in this movie 
where they, especially a movie where these dogs and cat are running through the mountains and having things happen to them, like Chance gets a, struck by a porcupine and gets needles in his face and Shadow falls in a mud hole at one point and Sassy gets taken down a river and literally falls down a waterfall. Oh my god, I forgot how emotional this movie is and I forgot how traumatizing it is. I'm a 25-year-old and I still was like, god damn, this is terrifying that <laughs> that kids would watch this. Sassy legit gets swept into a river current and falls down a waterfall and disappears and Chance and Shadow think that she died, but really some old man rescued her and found her and my thing with that too is he picks her up like she's laying all like haggard on the river and he picks her up and then she meows and he's like, oh, you're alive. I'm sorry, were you just going to pick up a dead cat laying on the side of the river? Like, yeah, that would be sad if I saw that. But if it was dead, I'm not going to pick it up in the middle of the woods. And what am I going to do? Carry a dead cat all the way back home? And then it's just like the emotion that comes from Sassy reuniting with them when after they think that she's dead. You know, all three of them, they help a little girl. There's literally a little girl they find at one point who's lost from her family in the woods. And they help her get found by barking to the search party. And of course, there's the trauma. There's the heartbreaking scene where poor old Shadow falls into that muddy hole and Chance jumps in there to help him get out. And if you don't want spoilers for this movie, you can go ahead and skip the rest of this. But this movie came out in the 90s. What are you? Come on. What are you missing? Just go watch this movie. But at this point, it's on Disney+. Plus. But at the end of the movie, when... All of the dogs are running back to the family. The family has almost given up hope at this point because they thought they were going to be at that shelter, but then all of the animals escape the shelter because they hate the shelter because Chance, you know, talks mad shit about it. So, of course, they're all... All of a sudden, they all finally make their way back home and they're running one at a time so dramatically across this hill back to their family. And, you know, first comes Chance and they're all like, Chance! And then next comes Sassy, and they're all like, oh my god, Sassy? Like, Sassy made it too? And then um, Pete Peter, the older boy who loves Shadow and is attached to Shadow the most, is kind of like, oh, Shadow. Like, I guess he's not coming. And then up until this point, we thought Shadow was still, he could have died in that muddy hole for all we know. But, of course, there comes Shadow limping across the hill. Shadow made it. And Shadow and his old man voice yelling, Peter! Peter! Oh, Peter! I worried about you so! And, oh my god, I actually sobbed watching that scene. But back to the trivia of this movie. It sounds like it's written by someone who's so nervous about critical people on animal actors like listen to some of this trivia like for instance when they talk about shadow falling into the pit and injuring his leg they're like the dog never actually fell into the pit when he stepped on the boards they broke but there was a platform immediately below then a fake dog was dropped and the dog could actually walk out on his own will at any time and then there's a and of course they have a whole big trivia that i'm not going to read about when sassy falls into the river and how it was um a cat that was trained to swim and for a lot of the scenes, it was a real cat who knew how to swim, and if there was people underwater below her in case anything happened, and then a fake cat and a mechanical cat were used for a lot of the scenes as well. It's like, when the dogs are taken into the pound, a blue muzzle is put on Shadow. The dog has been trained to wear a muzzle and was comfortable with it. He was able to take it off himself whenever he wanted to. And then even things like the mischievous chance finds the wedding 
buffet table irresistible and soon is wearing a wedding cake ear to ear. The dog portraying Chance loves whipped cream. A lot of whipped cream was spread on him so he could not consume too much for this scene. <laughs> like every single fun fact is just like, yes, like Chance or Shadow fell into a hole, but the dog was fine the whole time. He could get out whenever he wanted. Like, yes, the dog ate cake, but he didn't eat too much. Like he was fine. Yes, the cat drowned in the river and went down a waterfall, but actually she, the actor had people watching her the whole time. Like, and they covered their asses. They, no animal was harmed clearly in the making of this movie. These actors, professionally trained dog and cat actors, they were fine. They knew what they were doing. But this movie is truly an emotional roller coaster. I, like I said, I can't believe that I watched this as a kid. I mean, as an adult, I'm just watching it back and absolutely dying over it. If I had to give this movie a rating out of, let's say, like, a hundred Peters, as in how Shadow says Peter, I would probably give it, like, 74. This is a very great movie. It's a timeless classic for Disney, as far as non-Disney animated movies go. But... If you loved this movie, I mean, IMDb's telling you that if you like Homeward Bound, The Incredible Journey, you might also like Homeward Bound 2, uh, Lost in San Francisco, Free Willy, Milo, The Adventures of Milo and Otis, Charlotte's Web, Babe, a lot of animal, human-animal interaction movies which aren't animated, but are for kids. Well, I'm going to tell you, you might like Pet Cemetery, the terrifying Stephen King movie. This remake is from 2019. It is directed by Kevin Kolsch and Dennis Widmeyer. Of course, it's based on the novel by Stephen King. It is also based on... has The original Pet Cemetery came out back in 1989. The book came out in, like, 1984. The movie... The remake movie on imdb it has a 5.7 out of 10 on rotten tomatoes it's got a 57 percent it's starring jason clark uh amy Semetz, john lithgow if you haven't seen this movie i'm gonna go ahead and give some spoilers you guys this book came out in the 80s the original movie came out in the 80s this movie came out a couple of years ago i'm not worried about giving you spoilers if you don't want spoilers for pet cemetery though then you can turn off turn it off and then go watch it but Basically, Jason Clark and Amy Smets are Lewis and Rachel, and they're moving to Maine from, which, shout out Maine, um, they're moving to Maine from Boston with their kids Ellie and Gage, and their cat church. And the dad is a doctor, he got a good job at a college campus as like the campus doctor, which is a much more low-key job for him. He wants his family to have a slower life so that he can spend more time with them. So they're moving to rural Maine where a rugged, flannel-wearing John Lithgow is their neighbor. Also, it's funny because in this movie, we've got the stereotype of Boston folk and city folk from New England moving to Maine to get into the wilderness. But where I'm from in Maine, it was vice versa, and it was people from Maine moving down to the city because they wanted to get out of the rural parts of Maine because a lot of my friends from high school ended up moving to Boston but that's besides the point as they're at you know exploring their new property and the dad is settling into work we start to see creepy stuff like they have a pet cemetery behind their house they have a ton of land they have like 100 acres of land which is an insane amount and they 
couldn't even care to see all the parts of the land that they now own. But on their land in their backyard is a pet cemetery. And the mom and the daughter at one point catch a creepy procession of kids dressed in like animal masks, bringing a pet, a dead dog to the cemetery to bury it. That would have been my first sign of move. I would have been like, also, I'm like, did you guys not tour this with a realtor and like go and walk around the backyard? That didn't deter you before you moved up there? That there's just this pet cemetery that the neighborhood people bury all their pets in? Also, how is that okay? That's their property. Why are people allowed to just bury their pet, their dead pets there? That's not their property. I don't know. There's a little, there's a few holes, Stephen King. I have some questions, but. And then they meet John Lithgow, their neighbor, who honestly is, he's not the most convincing minger. He doesn't, I mean, if he has lived in this rural part of Maine for his whole life, where is his Maine accent? He pronounces his R's way too much to be a native Mainer. And the movie starts to get a little more creepy when we learn that the mom had some weird exorcism stuff happen with her sister. Her sister had some intense scoliosis or something, and her sister ended up dying when her mom was a kid. And her mom has a lot of trauma from it. The daughter starts asking about death a lot, and the mom and dad both have different views on it. The mom is like, why can't we just tell her that everyone goes to heaven? And the dad is like, everyone goes to the ground where and gets decomposed by worms. Like, they have very different views. And then poor Church gets hit by a car. And Judd, who is John Lithgow, is like, we gotta do this tonight. We gotta bury him in the forest to the to Jason Clark, the dad. And they end up hiking at nighttime, like, miles into the forest, into this creepy, like, King Kong Skull Island-looking place. Judd is like, they get there, and then Judd's like, all right, you got to do it yourself. And then after Jason Clark does it, he's like, you did good. And it's just a very weird interaction. I don't know why Jason Clark even went that far. The pet cemetery that they have in their backyard is right there, but instead they have to hike to this secret pet cemetery in the middle of nowhere, in the middle of the woods, that because John Lithgow is like, you love your daughter, you do anything for her. And, you know, the dad is, of course, like, of course I would. And he's like, all right, follow me. And then that's when you realize, yeah, this is the pet cemetery where stuff comes back to life when they're buried here. Because the next morning, little church is back and he is uh, looking raggedy as hell. And he is mean. He's not his old, cute, loving self. He's hissing at everyone. He's scratching at Ellie. Ellie doesn't even want anything to do with him anymore. He's dirty looking. He's just... He's creepy, and he is not his old self, because when people come back from the dead, from that pet cemetery, they're not themselves anymore. And you know what? I won't I won't go ahead and spoil, the, but this, let me just tell you guys, this movie is not just about a cat coming back from the dead and causing... Can you imagine if Pet Cemetery was literally just about a cat coming back from the dead and, like, killing the family? Can you imagine? No. Much more happens. Much more... Traumatizing, tragic shit happens in this movie. But I'll leave it at that. The, uh, like any classic Stephen King movie, this movie has a ton of little Easter eggs pointing to other Stephen King novels and movies. Like at one point, the mom is driving on I-95, the one highway in Maine, and there's a sign that says Derry in 20 miles, and Derry is the town in it. And at one point during Ellie's birthday party, you can overhear Judd in the background talking about a St. Bernard that killed four people last year, blah, blah, blah. And 
Of course, he's talking about Cujo. But this movie, if I had to rate, if I had to rate this remake uh, out of a hundred zombie cats, I'd probably rank it like 62. 60, 62. It's 62 Dead Cats, it's a good remake. I like, I actually haven't even seen the first Pet Cemetery. I do really like Pet Cemetery. It's one of my favorite Stephen King books and movies. And this was a really, I think this was a really good adaptation of it. Now, you guys, I want to do something different than I've done on the podcast before. I want to find how many degrees of Michael J. Fox I can do. We're, we're, we're going to find out how many degrees of connection it takes for me to get from one of the actors in the first movie to an actor in the second movie. In this case, we're going to do Michael J. Fox to Jason Clark. You know, those are both the top build actors in these two movies that I talked about today. So we've Michael J. Fox, who voices Chance in Homeward Bound, is in Mars Attacks with Sarah Jessica Parker. Sarah Jessica Parker is in the movie New Year's Eve, which who isn't in the movie New Year's Eve with Robert De Niro. Robert De Niro is in Joy with Jennifer Lawrence. Jennifer Lawrence is in X-Men Dark Phoenix with Jessica Chastain. And Jessica Chastain is in Zero Dark Thirty with Jason Clarke, who is the main character of this Pet Cemetery revival. So I was able to do that in five, five degrees between these two movies, the actors in these two movies. If somebody thinks they can do it in less than five, please let me know, you know. DM me on social media. Uh, you might also like Pod on Instagram, Facebook, or t- find me on Twitter as well and tweet at me. Just let me know if you can do it in less. But just go ahead and give me a follow on all of those platforms anyway. Rate me on, rate and review me on Apple Podcast. And until next time, you guys, goodbye.